This is Undivorce Wittable, the podcast made to divorce-proof marriages. I'm Giovanna. And I'm Rance. And, and we, we are, are the, the Robinsons. Robinsons. We've been rocking together for 18 years, married for 15 years. People tell us all the time that we inspire them. We are relationship goals. And it's not because we're famous or we're fronting for social media, but because they can tell that what we have is genuine. There have been ups, crazy downs, and moments where it would have been easy to just walk away. This is a no BS podcast. We're keeping it a buck. And we're telling you all the truth you can handle about what it takes to stay together in today's world. We, we are, are Undivorced Wittable. And we're back for another episode of Undivorced Wittable. I'm one of your co-hosts, Rance. And I am Giovanna. What's up, baby? How you doing today? Hi, I'm great. You look good today. Thank you. So glad to see you. It's good to see you. It's good to be seen. I know, right? So we are back. I'm glad to be back in the booth, back at the desk or whatever you call it, for another episode, another week. Glad to be here. Yes, another episode of Undivorced Wittable. All right, so in this episode, we are going to talk about the five misconceptions about marriage. Yes, there are a lot of misconceptions that people have and different thoughts just off. Let's just hop right on into it. You know, normally I do my weekly, like, example. I'm so metaphoric in the way that I speak, but I'm not going to hit with any metaphors today. I don't think I'm going to do that today. You just don't have none? It's not that I don't have any. It's just that I don't necessarily want to do the same thing every week. So okay. I'm not going to give a metaphor. I think that this topic right here is pretty interesting, and I just want to hop into it. Okay. Um, well. So, number one, one, one. Number one, marriage will make you happy. That is a misconception. Why is it a misconception? Because... You can't find happiness in another person. You have to find happiness within. Very true. Um, you won't find happiness in another person. Neither will you find happiness in a what's basically amounts to a legal contract within the, in the United States. That's what marriage is. I mean, it's a it's it's not the construct of marriage itself does not bear the happy it's not like santa claus coming with uh gifts mm -hmm. for you gifts of happiness and joy and you know that's just marriage in the united states because you know in the bible times you was married once you dropped them draws so there's a lot of married people walking around here well yeah and i think that's something that uh especially in the, the church and stuff like that, you hear people having soul ties and they got to divorce those soul ties, things like that. Yeah. Yeah, because I mean, you know, what, what does the scripture say as soon as you lay with someone? Basically, you took, you, you, he came into her. He came, <laughs> they came unto each other or whatever. I don't know. He came into her. I think that's in the Song of Solomon. Somebody came to somebody and uh, all of a sudden... <laughs> you might as well be married. It's just how that works, I guess. So once you come into somebody, you are married, okay? Right. That is so not scriptural. It's just, yeah, it's just all you theologians who might listen to this, you know, we we go, we we 
we all the way real with it. We're raw with it. We're not about to sit back and, and front. But for real, marriage will not make you happy. But the one reason why I say that marriage will not make you happy, the the institution itself, is because happiness is a state of being. Okay, so yeah. it's not something that is external. There's nothing that you can do to buy happiness, to gain more happiness. There are things that will make you feel satisfied in the moment. Mm -hmm. Getting a brand new car, um, getting that brand new suit or shoes, something that you've wanted for a long time, mm -hmm. it brings satisfaction. It might bring a temporary emotion that feels like happiness. But truthfully, to be happy, it really means that you are in a state of being. Like Bobby McFerrin, the song, Don't Worry, Be Happy. You have to be happy. It's something you decide to be. You have to be content because you're deciding to be content. Outside of that, I don't know how you can expect anything externally to make you happy. Yeah. And you know, that's interesting. I kind of, my thought process really went when you were just talking. Just thinking about how when you go through different points in times throughout a marriage and how um you have to make sure that you you can control your mindset so if things aren't going the way that you want them to go or your spouse is acting a little different and different things like that um if you think negatively and speak negatively in different things in along the way then that can cause you to be in a state of unhappiness. Yes, and you are going to be unhappy until you decide to become happy. Right, so during the course of a marriage, there are going to be times when, you know, trials and tribulations come, you go through a lot of different things, and you have to not let yourself get into a mindset of, my spouse is getting on my nerves or getting to mind, you know, a negative mindset that can eventually cause you to stay there and not be happy and cause you to stay in another state that can cause your marriage to go, you know, be divorced. Very true. So marriage will not make you happy. And I know a lot of people, you know, we're influenced as, as, individuals as humans you know we love the romantic stories the romantic movies um, we're always looking for external markers or what i would call external landmarks mm -hmm. about what's going to make us happy we've seen the countless romantic movies you know hitch is one that i really enjoy there are you know just a ton of them where you see the trial, the tribulation, all of a sudden there's the happiness. Mm -hmm. Like it, just right. Like I just, just watched right. that the yes. other day. Another one that feels as if there's some sort of external matter that's going to make you happy together. There's always going to be issues in a marriage. There's always going to be problems. There's always going to be things that can affect how you're going to be feeling. Mm -hmm. You know, being happy is not a feeling. It's a state. Mm-hmm. Right. And even when problems and things come about, deciding to stay in that space um, and and not let it go and get over it. For example, I'll use this for example. Um, 
you're the type of person, like, when we would get in an argument, you would say what you have to say. And once you say it or make your point, you're good. Get it up off me. You get it off of you. Me, we could be arguing. I'll say what I want to say. I'll get it all, you know, make my points or whatever. But I'm still mad. Two hours later, I still don't want to look at you. She's wearing that thing like a coat. <laughs> right, because... And I, and I joke with you and I say, you know, well, I don't have multiple personalities. I can't just turn it on and turn it off. But, you know, that's just me. And my mom, I remember her saying that she's a lot like you, whereas I'm a lot, a lot like my dad. And even in that, it's making up in your mind to let it go and move on, not staying in that space for whatever the disagreement or the problem is. You know, not holding on to it and letting go of it and moving on. Especially if you're able to argue and come to an agreement or agree to disagree, whatever. Yep. So, me, when I get it up off me, you know, it's like it's like taking it's clothes like, off. It's like, oh my gosh. it's like getting the weight off. Like taking off wet clothes, wet cold clothes. You know, we have an argument or we have a disagreement. Um, it has to get to a point where you... Are ready to move on. Mm-hmm. Some people just like to stay in their wet clothes until they feel like, for whatever reason, whatever the internal thing is, they can change their state back to happiness. A lot of times, that's something that's external. Mm-hmm. I bring you flowers or I brought you candy. There's something that I had to do to pull you out of the, the funk. That of, don't pull me out, though. I'm not talking about you. I'm oh, just talking okay. about, in general... You think about it, when people get in arguments, or they get in disagreements, they don't change their state unless their spouse does something that externally causes them to melt a little bit. Mm -hmm. I ain't got time for all that. I don't know what's wrong with me, because you bring me flowers. I've been doing... She won't throw them, because she's not a shrew, but there has been times where I've done that, where, you know, I've had something... You know, something that I thought was small, I'm over it, ready to move on, and I'll bring you some flowers. And she's going to act like she doesn't appreciate them. It ain't no act. Oh, no. It's, it, and then all of a sudden, by the nighttime, you know. Ain't no all of a sudden. You bringing them flowers because when the nighttime comes. By the nighttime, <laughs> she, she's friendly. Yeah. No, Thank you, you for my flowers. Whatever. Thank you for my. Well, because I'm trying to pull myself out of it. No, the, that's truly me trying to pull myself out of it and get over it. But it ain't just because it's nighttime. You want me happy at night. That's why you brought the flowers. Because we are not supposed to go to sleep angry. Is that's that what the why? good book says. Is that why you want me happy at night? Absolutely. Which brings us to number two. Okay. <laughs> Another misconception that they say is that sex get your freak on at the club, be gone. Mm-mm. Uh-huh. What is <laughs> the sex decreases and the quality isn't as good as when you were single or before you got married. Now, why is that, though? Because it seems like when, you, when you're single, it does seem like a lot of people, most people who have sex before marriage, um sex is good before marriage and then they do it all the time but then when they get married it's like what happens i don't understand why the sex would have to decrease the quality of it shouldn't decrease and i mean if you have kids then yeah it's gonna decrease because um not the quality but the amount will decrease because you can't get it in just all willy-nilly because you got little children running around 
However, and that's unfortunate. Sometimes you just have to put them in timeout for no reason, just so y'all can have that that quiche. Have we ever done that? No, we've never done that. That's bad parenting. Is it? I think, but I mean, that's just punishing the kid for no reason. That's absolutely terrible. Mm. Sometimes when you need it, you just need it. I mean, sometimes you know you gotta. Think of what they did that morning or something and just tell them, go to their room. That's not right. <laughs> but, as the great Malcolm X once said, by any means necessary. Yeah. Sometimes you're just like, look, I need y'all to play some video games, read a book. You got to get creative. When you're parents, you got to get real creative. You really do. But, I think it's a misconception. I don't think the sex decreases in quality. Um, yeah, quantity, there's going to be external changes. Obviously, right? So, mm-hmm. like you brought up kids, work schedules can change depending on what you do for a living. If you do shift work, stuff like that, that can definitely cause things to change. But the quality, I think, I I would assume, and I felt like when we got married, the quality increased, the trust increased, the, what I would call, I don't know, the intimacy even increased. Well, I'll say this. I think that one thing is that maybe sometimes, depending on you as a person or what you guys do, if you're used to doing missionary, you know, when you're dating, most people probably date like what, two years and get married. So then, okay, you're freaky, whatever, before you get married and then you get married and you tired of missionary after three, four years in, then okay, that can affect some things. So I honestly think, and me and you talk about this a lot, that a lot of couples do not actually have open conversations about sex. And they don't actually um, engage with each other, you know, enough to say, hey, baby, did you really like it when I did so-and-so last night? You know, I really enjoyed last night. I liked it when you did that new position or you moved or you, you know what I'm saying? I don't think a lot of people you sneeze just right. And boom. <laughs> you sneeze and I came. <laughs> but, um, you know, seriously though, I think that a lot of people do not talk about their sex life. They just have sex and that's it. You know, I think, I think that's a big part of it. I also think that people stop studying. Now I'm not saying, You know, I'm totally against porn. So I'm the anti-porn. I'm the guy that will never, ever say, go watch porn, go get porn magazines, anything like that. But I definitely think that people stop exploring and stop researching. Because when you're single as a mug, you know, you are out here trying to figure out all the game you can get. I remember when I was single and I was dating and seeing people, Cosmo Magazine was my friend. I never heard guys talk about reading books from the source. Like, it's literally like getting information from the horse's mouth. What women like, what they want. I couldn't believe it. I'm like, man, I ain't like, man, I was, I had a job that caused me to sell lottery tickets to people who like to spend a lot of money. And Cosmos, different magazines at the newsstand or whatever, was sitting right there. And of course, if I see a sexy, attractive woman on the cover, I'm going to pick up the book. I was reading it. And man, there was so much information in there. And so, of course, obviously, you know, when you are studying the game, you become LeBron James. 
do you still pick up the book when you see an attractive woman on it? Yes, hmm. but interesting. It's not because of that. <laughs> it's because there's some secrets <laughs> that's inside that book. Mm-hmm. There are. I mean, who needs a magazine now? You have Instagram, so none of that matters. Mm. But that's true for sure. I'm. I mean, I think that it's so easy to get caught up in your mundane life. You're working, the kids, all these things that you do. You just want to get in position because you have time. And you want to get your, you know, the feel good. You want to get your rocks off. Everybody want to bust. Everybody want to come. Whatever you want to call it. And go to sleep. So you can attack mm-hmm. the next day. Versus really taking some time and some intimacy into it. Because I think there's levels to sex. There's the quickie level. Yes. There is the, you know, we're going to take some time to be together. And then there's the sessions. Mm-hmm. Wait a minute. Aren't the sessions and taking time... No, taking time is like, you know, what we're talking about where the kids are to bed, we're going to have that little bit of time for each other before we go to sleep, and then we're going to go to sleep because we got to tackle tomorrow. The session is where there ain't no time restrictions, ain't nobody in the way, there's nothing in the way, and it's on for a while. You can even fall asleep, wake up, get some water, do it again. Fall asleep again, get up, (laughs) do it again. I'm just saying Get some water. If you replenish, need it. replenish your fluids. If a person needs it, for sure. But I think that if it comes down to it, you really have to get back into studying. And both of you should be like I don't think one person should be engaged in that way and then the partner's not engaged. And that comes back to what you were talking about with conversation. Did you like what I did? Did you like what you know, this move, or did you like when I sneeze and all of a sudden fireworks? That has never happened in real life. I was going to say, that's just... But, you know, I'm crazy like that. So, if you are studying or finding out, you know, oh man, I read this particular website and they're talking about this position, I think it would be good to have a conversation with your spouse about it. Mm -hmm. And I mean, also, your spouse is not a mind reader. So, and I think that Mm -hmm. As while you're married, you know, your desires and your needs change. What may have turned you on five years ago may not turn you on. What may be your spot five years ago is no longer your spot. And your spouse keeps going to that spot. And it's like, okay, quit touching me right there. Like, I need you to touch me here. I think it's important to have those conversations. But I also think that people have to be honest with who they are sexually. There are a lot of people who are prudes and they don't like to talk about sex. They don't like to deal with sex. It becomes a chore or something that they feel obligated to do in marriage. Mm -hmm. And I think you have to take the obligation principle out of it. Like you should want that. I would Mm -hmm. hope. Now, of course, there are so many things that, and like I said in a previous episode, um, marriages have layers. And so it's about understanding your spouse. What have they gone through in their life? Mm-hmm. There are certain types of intimacy issues that women could be dealing with, and you have no idea why. And I think the same goes for men. And so, conversation, sex should be a part of the conversation. That's true. Regularly. That's true. Definitely. And I think it's important too when you were talking about obligation. Um, I think that it's important to when your spouse, and we talked about 
supporting your spouse and everything like that before. Um, when you know that your spouse enjoys something, it's important to, um, to do it period. So even if you don't have a high sex metabolism or whatever, and you don't need it all the time, if you're good once a week or once every couple of weeks or something like that, but your spouse needs it more, I think that it's important to, to sacrifice a little bit more, but not do it as a sacrifice. Okay. I'm laying here, get on top of me, but in a sense of be more into it because you know, that's what your spouse wants. Cause right now you're the main meal, but don't force your spouse to go get a side dish. That's all I'm saying. Number three. <laughs> all right. So weddings and the marriage itself cures everything. So we're talking personality traits, cheating habits, and other issues. Mm-hmm. Why is that a misconception? Because Well, you find a lot of people when they're with somebody and they love somebody and they want to be with that person forever, they think that, okay, I'll marry him and he'll do right by me. Or, okay, I'll marry him and he'll change. Or once I marry him, I'm going to work on him. And ch- Marriage is not going to change anybody. It's more so going to augment. Exactly. You, it's going to bring like out money. more of what is what who they truly are. Mm-hmm. And what you see when you're dating is going to, like you said, augment. So I think that a lot of people, they think that getting married would change those things and they don't. And for an example, like if a person is not like you're dating them, right? You guys are together. You like to entertain. This person never likes to have anybody over. Marriage is not going to change that. Right. And it could cause resentment. Or you guys have to come to a compromise. Mm-hmm. Like those are the types of things. And and a great wedding with a $10,000 ring, a $3,000 dress, doves. You know, Doug prints up from the grave. He's playing live at Mm-mm. your wedding. <laughs> um, because you got you got it like that. You spent this much money on it. We have seen. Doesn't it seem like we've seen more people spend gobs of money on weddings that end in divorce? Yeah, yeah, and I think that goes back to uh, also like we said, even in that um, engagement period. I think there should be more emphasis on the premarital counseling than on the wedding planning. You know, the wedding planning consumes so many people. I got to do this. I got to do this. Everything has to be perfect. And you're dealing with the personalities of everybody that's involved. But when are you making time for marriage counseling? Okay, we've dated. We think that we're ready to go to the next step. The next step is engagement, then marriage. But in this engagement period, now we got to kind of groom each other and really pull back the layers. Right. And figure each other out and see if we're going to be ready to jump over that broom when it comes to time to jump over that broom. Because to me, man, weddings to me are a big front. You front. You know, you think about it. It's a day. It's a whole display of love and affection. And if you are already having issues in your relationship, y'all on the brink because the wedding then drove you all the planning or whatever your actual issues were, basically your wedding is a big front. You fronting. That's all it is. Mm -hmm. It's a big time for you to spend a lot of money to front for people. 
And that's okay because so many people do it. I ain't judging. Mm -hmm. But I will say this. If you think that getting married is going to cure anything at all, it's not. Um, that means that if you marry someone, you're a Christian, that person may be a Buddhist. And you think that because you guys get married, somehow you are going to change their religion. That's unrealistic. Right. I think a lot of people have this unrealistic expectation of what weddings do because they are so freaking magical. Because when you're thinking that, okay, I'm going to change this person um, once we get married, the other person is probably thinking that they want to marry me. So obviously they love me and they like me for who I am. So I don't need to change. Sometimes the bros be like, man, let me just, let me just go on and marry her, man. So I can just, all she does is complain about not being a wife. Let me just mm -mm. marry mm -mm. her. That is not the reason to do that. Sure ain't. That is not. Cause she going, those complaints about getting married, going to be complaining about other things. Right. And so that moves us into number four. There's another misconception that says that marriage is hard. Yes. Marriage isn't easy, but marriage definitely isn't hard. Marriage is what you make it. That's what everybody says. Like, I feel like that's the, that feels like the, the thing that a lot of people say. Marriage is what you make it, but it's so true, right? Right. It's true because it, you got to put in work. You have to put in work. You have to lay the foundation. You have to continue to build on that foundation. You got to put in work. You got to continue to court. You continue to, you know, go out on dates. Continue to bring those flowers. They don't just stop once you get married. Um, you got to continue to do the things that make your spouse happy and that they enjoy. Like, you still got to put in work. You're going to be working till y'all die. For real. Because the, the biggest thing, and I think that I didn't have a, a big, hard line about this is compromising when you get married there's tons of compromise mm -hmm. and compromise is not a bad thing it's not a at dirty all word. it's really not mm -hmm. it's really not because you got to give and take but i think the problem for a lot of guys is that we think we're losing something when we compromise like we're losing the the battle we're losing the the argument we're losing whatever the the standstill is or the fight or whatever and that's not necessarily what it is. It shouldn't be like compromising and coming to a compromise on things shouldn't start because there's a battle. Mm -hmm. You know, um, a good example of us compromising is when we got married, of course, I'm the man. I wanted to make sure that I was holding all everything down, paying all the bills, doing all this. But you were better. You had a better skill set at that than I did. Mm -hmm. And so a compromise is I go earn the bread. You break up the bread and serve the bread so that we make sure that... We got bread. Right. <laughs> right. And so I think that's that's a compromise. Mm -hmm. um, there was... This is a, the best time to bring this up. Video games. So when we first got married... I still hear this to this day. I was a junkie. I was a video game junkie. See, she's saying that in like such a negative way, but this is actually positive. So pray for my wife. <laughs> That she gets her mind together and stops thinking that stuff yes, that I'm bringing thanks. up is negative Stretch on this, hands this podcast. Me. <laughs> I'm the bomb husband. I ain't even going front to you. You are. You really so, are. You blessed, really. But anyway, video games. I had this addiction. And so when we got married, of course, uh, we got married in 2004. 
One of my favorite games out was Fight Night. I mean, I would play this game because I could watch people get bloodied and beat. I wasn't taking my aggression out on human beings, so this was a great way to do it. Um, and I enjoyed playing that, of course. Basketball, the NBA Live joints, you play, played uh, 2K. Madden. Madden, all that. Had all those games. <clears throat> and it got to a point where, you know, my wife is wanting to do things. She's wanting to hang out. You know, we're still young, married, and had plenty of time to do all the fun extracurricular things that young married people do. And I'm finding myself spending hours in front of the TV playing this mm -hmm. game, right? Which is absolutely ridiculous, but it's still happening to this day, even probably at a higher scale. So my wife had a really deep conversation with me. And what did you say? I told you to grow up. That's not what happened. <laughs> So anyway, she sat me down and this was something that was on her heart. And she talked about, you know, my ambition, the way that, you know, my intelligence and stuff like that and how it could be wasted. Like I'm, there's hours being wasted, but not only that, hours being wasted for between us, like times that we could be spending together. Mm -hmm. And so um, that's something that I thought about. Obviously, I thought about it while I was playing the video game. I had the game in my hand. I'm like, she's tripping. But the more I started to think about it and I did some inventory, she started to be right. So what really hit it home for me was there was a point when I had somewhere to be at like 730. And I was playing the game so much that I forgot. And I looked up and it was 10 o'clock. I had messages on my phone, people missed calls, like, where you at? I just totally, I lost track of time to the point where I looked up and it was 10 o'clock at night in the summer. So that means that it was daylight forever and I missed that whole day playing games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in that time, it was like I expressed, and I didn't come at you all crazy, like, I'm Not sick and tired of you playing these games and da 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 da, da. I didn't come at you like Real that. Real respectful. Um, I just, I came to you sincerely and just said, I feel like you need to, you know, think about what you're doing and change because, like you said, we're newly married. I wanted to spend more time. I wanted to get out. You were playing the video games, what I'm doing, looking at the back of your head while you playing the video games in front of the TV? She was looking at the back of my head, but she's also lusting <laughs> over this guy playing those video games. But one thing I do want to say is that, you know, especially on the compromise piece and in marriage, you have to think about marriage like a merger, right? So you think about two companies who come together. They want to bring the best attributes of their companies. That's mm -hmm. what they want to do. Mm -hmm. um, they're trying to get the best qualities. So they're bringing all the strengths from one side to from and all the strengths from the other side, bringing those together and trying to cut out the stuff that's not working in their individual companies. That's the way I think a successful marriage is approached. Right. And I think, too, that people need to have an open mind when it comes to that, because when you're merging the two companies, as you say, and you're coming together, there's going to be things about yourself that you may not like, or it's hard to, to accept. And when your spouse brings it up to you, don't get combative. Right. Don't, Look at it like an audit. 
Right, exactly. Just look at it as a way to better yourself because no one really knows you like your spouse. I mean, you guys, you wake up together. Well, you can. You wake up together. You go to sleep together. You're together all the time. They know your habits and everything. They see you in so many different, you know, moods and ways and different things like that. So you're learning your spouse. And when they bring something to your attention that you can do better, then, you know, you just... Take it out of love, for example. And I mean, I've had to learn that with you because you are, I don't want to say you're a hard critic, but you're very vocal. You, um, you're very open as far as what you're feeling and, and what you're thinking with me. And so sometimes when you say, hey, babe, you know, I wish you would do this more or this, then the other, then I Sometimes it's like, well, you know, to take that correction or to not necessarily look at it as correction, but to receive that, it can be kind of like, man, you know, I need to get my game up or I need to do better or I need to do this and the other. But I've learned not to be so sensitive about it and to know that you just want me to be a better person and to just, you know, get better. Exactly. And so just remember, remember, compromise is not a bad thing. Um, that's what's important. So marriage does not have to be hard. Just look at it like a merger, man. You guys are trying to bring the best of yourselves, especially all of us who are already married. And sometimes we forget, we lose ourselves. Um, and that moves us to point number five, right? Is that another misconception is you and your spouse are a unit and you're no longer individuals. While you are one, you are still individuals. You are, and I used to always tell you, we're one, remember? You rolling your still be saying that, and I still be rolling my eyes. I don't say it as much as I used to. Not as much, but... Yeah, but what's yours is mine. We're one. See? And so the <laughs> issue that that comes to that, too many people are operating in marriage as individuals, not as a unit, but are, you got to think of it like this. I married you. We're together, whether forever or not forever. Mm -hmm. Um, but for right now, yes, we are, um, together. You got me, right. you got me, but there's still some things about me that I still need to, if I, if I shoot ball and I shot ball every weekend before we got together, that's a part of me. I don't want to lose if I love shooting ball. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. So I'm not going to change that. And you shouldn't want me to necessarily change that. Now, of course, this seems contradictory to the video game story, but that was a mere addiction. That was something that was not helping me earn more money. It was not helping me. It wasn't just a habit. It wasn't just a, this is something I do once a week. Mm -hmm. That was like literally pulling me from the family. Yeah, it was like, come home from work, sit down, do it, and like you said, till you go to bed. Yep. But as far as um, not being individuals and everything, you still have to have a sense of yourself. You know, you still have to have your friends, you know, and not lose who you are as a person. But at the same time, you have to consider your spouse, consider your partner in decision making, you know, and, and everything. What works for us doesn't work for everyone else. Right. What we do, you know, everybody has their own setups and everything like that. But you got to find what that is. But know also that. You you don't want to lose yourself in your partner completely where, oh, my gosh, you know, I'm going to be just a pitiful mess. If you walk out my life today, you know, 
and everything like that. But at the same time, treat it as if you're a partnership. And if you own a business together, you're not going to make any major decision without considering and consulting, you know, the other head. Exactly. So you're together, but keep some individualism because you have to keep growing. Mm-hmm. You're going to start finding yourself interested in things. And there's nothing sadder than couples who where one spouse passes away mm. and the next, the, the spouse that's still alive was so wrapped up in the spouse that's now gone mm-hmm. that they have, they don't have their own life that they can move to and they have to rediscover themselves. Mm-hmm. Of course, after something so traumatic, there's always going to be a transformation. You have to relearn some things and relearn how to live, relearn how to be happy again, right? After somebody passes or something like that. The thing that I'm discussing, though, is it's it's great to be wrapped together, but you still have to have some individuality. Right. So if you're into art and you're into making pottery or something like that, you go to a pottery class, you do something for yourself mm-hmm. and you're not always pushing towards your spouse. So Yeah, and everyone needs those outlets. You know, you need that outlet, you need that time of to yourself, you need that time to like just get away and reconnect and just be for me, for example, you know, I love my husband, I love my children and everything and being around you guys. And when I am in my studio creating that is just like my time. Sometimes I'll be I'll be in the studio creating in just pure quietness because I'm just lost with me and my thoughts. And and I enjoy that. That's my time to just like to just be my that's my time to like get away. Same for me, photography, the whole thing. So those are those are important things. We have to make sure that we don't disappear mm-hmm. into our spouse. And so for the most part, those are the five things, guys, that we're talking about. I mean, it's those are the five misconceptions about marriage. And people are misconstruing marriage even while being in marriage. Like right. even while being fully engaged in your, your marriage, some people are not keeping these things going. So right. let me recap them real quick. Number one, marriage will make you happy. Misconception number one, it does not. Happiness is a state of being. Be happy. And I'm sure you will notice that happiness follows. Another misconception, number two, sex decreases and quality isn't as good. Sex is only as good as you're going to make it be. Mm -hmm. You must keep studying the game, keep studying techniques, keep asking each other what you like, what you love, what you're into, what's not working. You have to do that. Number three, wedding and a marriage cures everything. Absolute bullcrap. Number four, the, the fourth misconception, marriage is hard. Marriage is not hard. It just depends on if you're going to continue to be stubborn in your ways and she's going to be stubborn in her ways and you're not going to merge the best of yourselves together. Number five, you and your spouse are a unit. You are no longer individuals. So that's the five misconceptions, guys, from the undivorced widowable standpoint and point of view. And here's a disclaimer. To every point, there is a counterpoint. So you can listen to this whole podcast, repost it mm-hmm. up on your Facebook and all that and say you completely disagree. And that is your right. Mm-hmm. And that's the beauty of marriage. You can take what you want from it, but this is what works for us. And it's been working. And man, our friendship is still tight. Everything is still tight. Mm-hmm. I love you. Yes. You the bomb. I love you too. All right. So... In marriage, there are casualties. People lose jobs. You lose friends. You don't want 
a hostile takeover. Right. You don't want it. You want it to be a merger of the two companies. Right. Not a hostile takeover. All right, guys. So uh, until next week, keep listening to this. Share it with your friends. Follow us on Facebook at Undivorced Wittable. Yes. We also have a Facebook group. Yes. That's really blowing up. And uh, we got some really good engagement there. So and we on. have some great, great people on the group that are inviting friends and everything. So keep on inviting folks, man. We, we want this thing to grow. We're also on Instagram. Yes. Um, at Undivorced Wittable. And guess what? We also have a website up. So www.undivorcedwittable.com. Uh, we're doing some blogging there, different things. Like I don't know how much is going to be on the website by the time you go and visit. But there's going to be some content there. Trust me. Yes. All right. So we thank you for listening. Thank you. We love all our listeners. And we are staying together. Love Lock Nation. Yes. Undivorced Wittable. Undivorced Wittable.